I'm Jackson Licka, and welcome to this episode of our 2021 Precision Farming Dealer Podcast Series, supported by Ag Express Electronics. In today's program, we get some perspective on the importance of embracing business change, both professionally and personally, to sustain growth. If this is your first time joining us, I'd encourage you to subscribe to this podcast series, currently available in iTunes, the Google Play Store, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, and Spotify. And a reminder that by subscribing, you'll be able to get an alert when upcoming episodes in this series are released. Thanks again to Ag Express Electronics for their support of this podcast series. Since 1992, Ag Express Electronics has worked to help you and your customers achieve their operational goals. Ag Express is 100% employee-owned and leads the agricultural industry in service, sales, and support of electronic instrumentation and controls. They also offer custom design, engineering, and manufacturing solutions for cables, harnesses, and electronics. Their pledge to quality and a commitment to technology allows them to provide the highest level of service and value in the industry. And their vast portfolio of over 2,000 supported products enables them to provide possibilities for a wide range of agricultural concepts. Whether it's planting, harvesting, chemical application, or hay baling, Ag Express offers solutions. To find out how Ag Express can work with you, visit agexpress.com. Well, entrepreneur Arlen Sorensen understands that taking risks and embracing uncertainty can be intimidating. However, he believes those actions are keys to success for business owners, especially right now. The founder of HTS Ag in Harlan, Iowa, knows that for many dealers, it would be easier and preferable to retreat to the ways things were before COVID-19. However, he says that's an impossibility. While he acknowledges some aspects of business management will return to a pre-pandemic normal, others are here to stay, and dealerships will likely be better for them, assuming they can embrace change. In today's Precision Farming Dealer podcast, part one of two, supported by Ag Express Electronics, Arlen dissects the difference between viewing change as a business opportunity versus disruptive chaos, drawing on personal experience and evolution. Thanks, Jack. It's a pleasure to be with you and the audience today, and uh, I look forward to talking about change. These are unprecedented times for all of us, but with that comes a lot of opportunity, and that's really what I want to hone on today. So uh, thank you for the opportunity, and uh, just a little bit about myself. Uh, I'm a farm boy from southwest Iowa, been in the ag industry for uh, 43 years, been in the technology space for 35 years. Um, I'm a serial entrepreneur, and so uh, I've founded a number of businesses we'll talk about briefly. Uh, but today, I also serve as Vice President of Ecosystem Evangelism at ConnectWise, which is a, a software company down in Tampa, Florida, that acquired one of my companies a few years ago. So I get to see things from two perspectives. I, I see it from the IT perspective, and I see it from the ag perspective. And so we'll try to bring some of that together today and uh, give you some insight on what I think is coming. Just a little bit about where I've come from. Uh, I've founded a number of companies over the years. These three I have uh, exited successfully. So HTS was an IT company that I ran for 27 years. Uh, HTG and Heartland Leadership Group were uh, peer groups and consulting companies that we sold a couple years ago. And I also have had a property management company that we uh, exited from 
currently I've got three companies that I'm actively involved in. Uh, our farming operation, Family Farm, it's been in the family for multiple generations. Uh, we farm about 3,000 acres in southwest Iowa. HTS Ag, which is our precision ag business that's uh, headquartered here on the farm. And uh, then Oak Road Consulting, which is a business consulting firm that uh, I, I'm part of with my son. Um, the picture in the upper left is our farmstead. Um, my house is, is the one that would be on the right side of the road. Uh, it's, it's the house I grew up in. It's got 12,500 square feet of office tacked on the end of it. And that's where we run our businesses out of and, and have for the last 20 plus years. As a good serial entrepreneur, not everything I've tried has worked. And I think it's important that we talk a little bit about that because risk is going to be part of the reality that all of us have to address in the, in the days ahead. So my first foray into this particular space was around Western Iowa GPS, which was an aerial imagery company. And uh, I convinced a friend to let me cut a hole in the bottom of his airplane in uh, 1995. We mounted a very expensive camera in there and uh, we flew and took pictures of images for uh, the whole area for a couple of years. It was way ahead of our time because we had a really difficult time selling them and finding anybody that could get value from them. So we exited that business, but we kept the precision side of it. Um, 99, I hired a, a really powerful salesperson who convinced me that ag equipment was uh, something we ought to get into. So we got into some of the precision ag equipment. Failed to mention just how much money it took to be in the equipment business. And uh, after a couple of years of that, we decided that uh, we were not prepared to continue to invest at the level we would need to to grow that. We had an entree into the uh, telecom space for ISPs. We started an automotive shop. Uh, neither of those really had long lives. Um, I bought a, a, a video imaging company out in, uh, or video production company out in Washington State. Should have been my first red flag. Uh, that's a long ways from Iowa, and we found that the uh, plane rides and hauling of equipment was too expensive to really make that work. And probably the one that I had the most fun with was UgliestShirts.com, where we uh, created logoed shirts for uh, trade shows and events. And uh, we had a lot of fun with it. We didn't ever make any money, but uh, it, was, it was fun. So uh, as an entrepreneur, you take risk. You learn from your mistakes and your failures, and, and that's an important part of what we're going to have to really think about as we uh, move through this COVID time. Things are different than we've ever seen before, and 2020 is going to be a year that none of us are ever going to forget. Uh, we've had, you know, amazing things happen with, with weather and, and wildfires and hurricanes and all those things. You know, we've had, we've had situations around the elections and, and impeachment and uh, social unjust. Uh, unrest and then COVID. COVID is uh, the great equalizer. It impacts everybody and uh, is a significant thing. It creates a, a climate that's going to require change and uh, whether we like it or not the world has changed, will continue to change and really our ability to adapt to that change is going to determine how we come through 2020 we have to be willing to really take a hard look at what we're doing and where we're going and how we're gonna address it. We all have been through multiple crises before. I've had a number of personal crises related to my heart condition, 
but we've all had major crises from a global perspective around Y2K, around uh, you know, the recession. We're gonna have more of these. There is light at the other side of the tunnel. We have to just continue to go through it and as we do, prepare for the opportunities that are on the other side. Because a new normal is being defined. You know, when I stopped and, and, and think about things that we said would never be in the beginning of, of 2020 have become the norm today. And there's been a lot of changes. And as much as we may want things to go back to where they were, that is not in the cards. Some things will return back to a more normal state, but we're gonna see a significant number of changes. Back in, in the March, April timeframe, IT companies were completely buried moving people from offices to home. And while some of those folks will return to an office, that will not be true for all. You know, the surveys that, that I'm seeing on this topic, about a third of the people wanna go back to the office, about a third of the people want some kind of hybrid working arrangement, and the other third, they want to be work from anywhere all the time. They don't want to go back to the office at all. Our company in Tampa, we had four buildings on our campus. Uh, we have already uh, broken leases on a couple of them. We've moved completely out of one of them already. We're remodeling our headquarters building and turning it into a hotel-style uh, workplace where as an employee, I will put in a request for space and, and I'll have an assigned cubicle for a period of days that I can come into the office and work. But the days of everybody having a desk are gone. Uh, we will not go back there. And I can tell you that a year ago, my company was almost anti-work from anywhere except the office. And over the last year, that attitude has completely changed as we've seen the productivity and the ability to manage remote workers. So that's a major, major change that, that's impacting the world around us. You know, handshakes and hugs, the way we greet one another is gonna change. Medicine across the wire. Uh, my cardiologist is, is half a country away from me, but we get on the phone together or on the video together and, and we talk about how things are going. Um, you know, groceries are different, how we eat's different. Zoom, you know, we had Zoom well before the pandemic, but we didn't use Zoom the way we do today. And it will become a part of our normal communication process going forward. It won't replace face-to-face -face conversations, but it'll definitely be part of it. And, uh, you know, 265 million people around the world, by the estimates I've seen, today face a question of whether or not they're gonna go hungry. That's a big deal. And uh, that's a lot of opportunity, especially for us in the ag space. So there's going to be a whole new norm that's established. And part of what we have to do is figure out how we're going to adjust to that. Are we going to stay stuck to our old way? Or are we going to look for a new way? And I can't encourage you enough that we have to begin to look for a new way. There's a lot of change happening around us that started well before the pandemic. Just consider you know, AI and agriculture. It is gonna play a significant role. We need to be involved in that. Autonomy is happening. Drones are starting to, to come in and actually provide some value. Vertical farming is, is a reality, and we're seeing more and more of these kind of things happen. When we think about the, works, the workforce, I already talked about work from home, but the other thing that's happened in the workforce is the, the generational change. 
And, uh, you know, millennials today are over 50% of the workforce. That's going to drive change in a lot of different ways. And so it's important that we're staying ahead of that. The pandemic has showed us we have to pay a lot more attention to health and well-being. And it's, pay, it's had an emotional toll on a lot of people. It's going to require us to really focus on how we help our teams deal with balance. And primarily, we're going to have to really learn how to do culture in a different way as we're not going to have near as much face time with people around us. And of course, the government is going to have its place in, in all of this. There's going to be a lot of regulation. There's going to be a lot of compliance things. Um, you know, we're going to have to address tax changes in all likelihood. If you've been following the story in Denmark, um, they have forced all their farmers to destroy the mink, uh, about 17 million animals, uh, because of a COVID variant that they were afraid was going to uh, attack people and cause major problems. They have learned since that uh, while they put all these guys out of business, they probably didn't need to do what they did. And the prime minister has apologized publicly and uh, recognized the fact that they were too quick to act and uh, they're sorry about it. But uh, the reality is that they have put a whole set of farming uh, operations out of business as a result. Very unfortunate. In the U.S., if you haven't been following, uh, you know, Cory Booker introduced this bill, 3221. Uh, it's about ag, uh, livestock production, and it would change the, the, the dynamic of how that happens in the U.S. So government's going to play a bigger and bigger role. There's a lot of change coming. And here's the question. What do you see when you look at these two sides? Where are you going to put the spaces? It makes all the difference in the world. There's really two different answers. A pessimist will say that opportunity is nowhere. There is no opportunity, just problems. The optimist is gonna look at those exact same letters and say, opportunity is now here. And I believe that's really gonna be the differentiator as we come through 2020 into 2021 here. How we respond to the challenge is, is going to determine how we're going to recover and, and take advantage of that going forward. We have an opportunity to really make significant difference in our businesses based on how we respond. It's all about perspective. It's all about how we look at the situation and figure out what we want to do. What I want to encourage you to do is look forward. You know, it doesn't do any good to be rowing as a team if the destination is wrong. And you can go off a waterfall if you're not looking up and looking forward. And that's really where we're at today. We're, we've been in the middle of crisis, both economically, politically, and from a health perspective, but that's gonna give us opportunity. If you look at when wealth is made in the world, it's often as a result of coming through and out of a crisis. And that's the opportunity that sits before us. I'm a firm believer that we're going to have a K-style recovery for business, which means that some of the businesses are going to do well, some of those are going to do poorly. 
And I'm a firm believer that, you know, this K-style recovery is going to produce winners and losers. And the, the thing that's going to determine that is going to be how are you reacting to the changes around you? Are you making right choices, being willing to look forward, and truly make change? So let's talk about what that might look like. Before we do, let's, let's talk about a story. Back in 100 years or so ago, shoe companies, two shoe companies decided they would send one of their salespeople over to Africa to see what the opportunity might be in that market. So one of them got on a boat, took off. The other one, about a week later, followed in a different boat. And the first one arrived in Africa, got off the boat, walked into town, looked around, observed what was going on, went and found the uh, telegraph office and sent a telegram back to their headquarters in the U.S. and said, I'm getting on the next ship home. I've looked all over the place. There's no opportunity here. No one wears shoes. About a week later, the second salesperson from a different company showed up boat docked, he got off, he walked around, observed the exact same things, hurriedly went to the telegraph office and sent a telegram that said, I've looked all around, please send all the inventory we have available. No one here wears shoes. Same exact situation, same exact set of facts, but through two very different perspectives and lenses. We're gonna have those same opportunities and it's gonna depend on how we look at things. It's gonna determine. And the difference is whether we have sight or vision. Sight is just seeing where things are, what is today. Vision is seeing what it can be. We need to have vision during this time. We need to be looking forward and make sure that we're not blind because the only thing worse than being blind is having sight with no vision. get back to the discussion shortly, but I wanted to once again thank our sponsor, Egg Express Electronics, for making this podcast possible. Since 1992, Egg Express Electronics has worked to help you and your customers achieve their operational goals. Egg Express is 100% employee-owned and leads the agricultural industry in service, sales, and support of electronic instrumentation and controls. They also offer custom design, engineering, and manufacturing solutions for cables, harnesses, and electronics. To find out how Ag Express can work for you, visit agexpress.com. Let's get back to the program now and hear more from Arlen Sorensen on connecting opportunity to your business mission, values, and vision. The buyer's journey is changing. It has been in the process of changing. COVID is gonna cause it to change even more. And if we aren't adapting to the change, we're gonna struggle. So what's that really mean to us today? Well, we gotta think big. We can't let the circumstances around us control us and, and push us down. We gotta have a really positive attitude. There's lots of things we could focus on as negatives, but, if we focus on the positive, if we stay really on top of what's going on, there's plenty of opportunity ahead of us. We gotta make sure that we connect that opportunity to our mission, vision, and values. 
Those are going to be guiding lights that we have to stay close to. And as we do that, we can then build a strategy and a plan. If we build a plan and we work the plan, the plan will work. This isn't going to be rocket science. This is going to be setting a course and executing. We set that course by listening. And now more than ever, we need to really listen to our clients and prospects. That's where the guidance needs to come from. That's where we get our direction. And once we have that, we can embrace change and we can innovate. And through that, we can choose how we want to go forward. But I can already tell you that you're going to be surrounded by people that are going to say, you can't do that. You can't do that. It won't work. Entrepreneurs have been hearing that for years. You know, when I started my technology company here on the farm back in 1985, literally in the middle of a cornfield, I had a lot of people tell me, you can't do that. There's no way you can put a computer company in the middle of a cornfield in Iowa and have success. Had I listened to that, I would have taken a different route. But I didn't, because I believed it could happen with the right set of service, uh, services. And we built it, and it grew. You know, we grew to over 100 employees. We had five offices, or five, seven states across five offices. And uh, that happened because it didn't listen to the naysayers. The other thing that you're going to hear is, we've never done it that way before. You're going to have to resist that because it's true. We've never been here before. We have never faced the kinds of uh, influences and the situation that we're in today. But that doesn't mean that there's not opportunity. And the opportunity is likely going to come when we do things that are different and not the norm. The reality is change is hard. Nobody likes change. That's the, that's the bottom line. Nobody really likes change. And so we have to be prepared to, to work through it. We gotta help people adapt. And uh, that takes a lot of effort. But change is necessary. And right now it's more necessary than ever. So we've gotta prepare ourselves to deal with change. And here's the reality of what's gonna happen. People are gonna ignore the fact that we need it some are going to reject it completely. Others are going to challenge whatever it is that we suggest needs to happen. Some are going to try to undermine it so they can prevent it from being real. Some folks are going to, uh, to really uh, run and look for something else. Others are going to embrace it. And that's what I want to encourage you to do. Embrace and lead through change. It is, it is so important that you do that um, if you're going to be successful. So where do we go from here? That's really the question we got to answer. And the truth of the matter is, I think these five things are really the things we need in our change toolbox. It starts with strategy. It starts with having a clear direction of where it is we're trying to go and what our final outcome looks like. We can define strategy using some tools. There's a lot of good ones out in the marketplace today. We like to use Stratop or EOS. Uh, Vern Harnish has the Gazelles tools. 
A strategizer is another one on the market today. There's a number of strategic planning tools available. They all work. You need to select one and you need to use it. But if you don't have your strategy set, you're gonna waver as we go through the next year or two. You need to know what it is you're gonna accomplish and, and then you use a business plan to define what you're gonna do in the next 12 months to move you toward that strategy. Those two things go hand in hand. You set the strategy and then you create the business plan, which is your one year path to the future. Of course, you have to execute that plan, so you need to have execution strategies as part of how you write that business plan. Communication is the key to making it all work. And I'm a believer that you need a solid communication strategy for how you're gonna keep your team informed and, and your clients. I like the daily huddle concept with weekly management meetings, monthly leadership, and team meetings, and then quarterly strategy update meetings with annual plans. But develop a rhythm of communication and use that to keep everybody informed on where you're going, how you're progressing, what you need to focus on for the next 90 days. Culture is gonna be a huge part of success. Cultures are being challenged right now. We've never had to really address the things we're dealing with today. And so we have to focus on culture as a key part of our ability to be successful. And ultimately, we've got to have our legacy set. What is it we're trying to accomplish? What's the business value we're trying to create? What's the lasting impact we want to leave? We need those things defined. It ties back to our strategy, but we have to realize that we've got a journey that we're on and it's important that everybody understands what that destination looks like. As we're working through this, we're gonna to have to jump some curves. We're gonna to have to do things differently than we've ever done before. And everything that happens in a business has got a life cycle. It grows, it matures, it begins to decline, and if we don't do anything about it, it becomes irrelevant. We gotta be ready to do some curve jumping right now because we've got very different forces that are impacting the world around us. So now is the time to really be having those conversations, listening to people and understanding what curves do we need to jump? What has to change if we're gonna have success? And uh, there's a number of areas where we can begin to make some of those decisions. And ultimately it's gonna come down to this. We either learn to disrupt or we will be disrupted. The world is gonna change. You know, we can innovate and do what we're doing a little bit better, but I think it's time for us to really think about how we disrupt, how we make things that have been around obsolete and we replace them with something new and different. That's where the opportunity is gonna be. That's where the real wealth is gonna be made is folks that disrupt the marketplace and create the new normal. And we have that opportunity right now. It's a reality that we're all able to participate in. When I look at our industry today, particularly the precision ag space, this is kind of how I view it. 
in the 90s when precision technology began to come into the marketplace, it was all about selling products. A little bit of brake fix, but it was about selling equipment. As we got into the 2000s, it shifted a little bit more toward as a solution focus where we were putting together solutions potentially from different vendors and uh, doing installations, training and education, but we were focused on building solutions for people. In the last decade, focus really kind of shifted more towards services, creating service contracts and fixed fee services and, and even doing some remote services. How do we keep things running and make them efficient? And I think this next decade that we're in, I think the focus has got to completely shift toward business outcomes. We have to help answer the question of how are we going to help growers make more money with the investment they make. It's going to rely on data management. It's going to rely on a business strategy. It's going to rely on our ability to take all that information and give them actionable insights. That's the transformation that I think is right at our, our doorstep. And I think we have to learn how to deliver value in a different way than we have for the last three decades. I think that's where innovation can really make an impact. The life cycle that I see in precision services is, is uh, very much the same as what I have seen in the IT industry. We're about 10 years behind IT in terms of where we're at in the cycle. But these are the kinds of things that I believe have happened and will happen as we move forward. In Precision Ag, we're kind of on the right side of the, the uh, circle here. We, we've done a lot of those things, and we're getting down toward the bottom where we're ready to start to turn the corner. And I think the kinds of things that that will require is going to be really delivering more business-like solutions, helping people manage their data and, and turn that into actionable steps. Um, and ultimately get to the place where we're helping drive business outcome. That's what people really want from a provider. There's a lot of steps along that journey, and uh, we've done some of them. There's others that we'll continue to work our way through. It's not a linear thing necessarily, but it's, it kind of leads you around a process that I believe the journey that we're on today. What's that really look like? Well, as we have gone from reseller to solution provider to a service provider, the way we become a business partner is we use the data along with the technology to drive operations and give us business outcomes. And I think that's really the focal point we've got to begin to work on. How are we going to use all the information that we've been collecting for years Marry that to the technology that's available today to drive and operationalize into production so that we get the best business outcome we possibly can. That is a huge opportunity. It's the thing that will, will change our relationship with a grower. And uh, it gives us a chance to truly make a difference in their operation. For many years, Certainly in the IT space, we've been getting paid to just make things work. And that, that, that runs out of gas after a while. You can't just charge people money to make something they've bought continue to work uh, 
they just kind of expect it to work. And uh, I, I think we've got some of that same thing going on in the ag space. We're going to have to get to the place where we can really show ROI for the investment that's being made. And uh, we do that by focusing on business outcomes. The kind of people we're going to need on our teams are going to be different. They're going to have to have the ability to talk about business. Farms are growing. The size of operations are continuing to scale. And as that happens, they become much more business focused. They're going to have people on their, on their farm team that are going to be CFOs or CIOs. They're going to focus on a specific area of the business that we're going to have to be able to talk with. And so it's going to require some significant change on our part. And ultimately, we got to get to the point where we can help people deal with the choices they have and make a decision. Well, thank you, Arlen, for sharing your insight into how dealerships have and will continue to adapt to a changing business climate to meet the needs of customers and achieve internal goals. Again, we'd like to recognize and thank our sponsor, Ag Express Electronics, for helping make this Precision Farming Dealer podcast series possible. I certainly look forward to your feedback on today's program, so feel free to drop me an email at jzemlicka at lessitermedia.com or give me a call at 262-777-2441. You can also keep up on the latest precision practices impacting your operation today by registering online at precisionfarmingdealer.com for our free PFD daily e-newsletter. Well, I hope that you'll join us again for the next episode in our 2021 podcast series. For Arlen Sorensen, Egg Express Electronics, and our entire staff here at Precision Farming Dealer, I'm Jack Semlicka. Thanks for listening.